Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the fast to his furious, Michael Howard. Michael, you're my family. <laughs> Let me tell you about my father. Tell me about your father. You want a Corona light? <laughs> Michael, I can't wait. You're going to be back in my city again in like three yeah. days. The The night that this episode comes out, you will be in my city and we're going to go watch Fast 8 with our good friend Odette. Oh my God, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I've been reading. I haven't been reading any reviews because I don't want any spoilers. Um, but I have been looking at the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb ratings. And they all say it's better than Fast 5, which... That takes, I, that takes some doing. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, the Fast Five is the Citizen Kane of our generation, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree with that, Michael. I feel like, you know, they we peaked early as a culture in cinema, but mm-hmm. then there's, like, a double peak that comes after years and years of stagnation. Fast yep. Five comes along and really just saves the whole, you know, the whole medium, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Fast Five and then John Wick, um, and then pretty much everything else is, like, a tier below that, I think. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then you got every Nick Cage movie ever made, and then... <laughs> right, right. I don't know. Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a very refined cinematic palette, yeah. as, you, as you can tell. <laughs> well, Michael, how you doing, bud? It's been a week since we last talked. Not only has my city continued its slow march toward dis- towards destruction, um, the whole world has kind of gone to just shit in the shit basket. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about flying to come see you uh, in a couple days because I I don't want my face bastion and just just because I'm on a flight. Yes, you are you know? leaving from Chicago, which mm-hmm. I assume means you're flying United. I haven't looked yet because I'm a little worried actually, <laughs> but yeah. it's possible. I flew American last time I came to see you, which. I don't like flying American either, either because I feel like they they lose my bags every single time I check bags. But I'm not checking bags, so I think I'll be okay. But okay. Uh, you know, yeah, we'll see. It's, been, we'll it's see. been a week. So my my career and like education was public relations. So I, I always do kind of get a kick out of public relations meltdowns, and they're usually like you know you get one or two like good ones, like tasty yep. meltdowns a year. Mm. We've had three in one week, including one today in which perhaps, you know, the utmost public relations professional in the world um, really he put his be, foot in it. He should be, but is he really? Yeah. I feel it, like so he's either Mr. trying Mr. to get Sean, fired or, or he might be the stupidest person I've ever seen. I, I, I go back and forth in that Mr. Sean Spicer, the press secretary of the, of the White House at the moment. Um, um, no, his, has, uh, his the, name is Melissa McCarthy. Right, yeah. Uh, Miss Melissa McCarthy, plain spicy, um, has the most difficult job in the world in that he must go out in front of the American people and its press corps and try to, like, parse the just inane ramblings of its leader to a, you know, desperate public. And mm-hmm. he can't do it because he's an idiot and nothing makes <laughs> well, sense. But today, sense. Uh, defending the airstrike, which was, you know, happened last week against Syria, um, he he compared Hitler or Assad to Hitler, which yeah. at this day and age, like step one of public relations, like just don't compare people to Hitler, yeah. especially when don't you're an idiot Hitler and you don't, don't know what Hitler did. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, there's no upside to, like, bringing Hitler into a debate. Like, mm-hmm. on your well, own. And, like, and like when you, you should draw... never be the one to introduce Hitler to a conversation. Right, and when you draw a favorable comparison, um, right. whereas, like, Hitler wasn't as bad as X person, like, that seems like a just a bad start to your defense of, of something. Yeah. And then, like, the worst part was that they kept, like, the, like, the press court, or the Sean Spicer's office kept doubling down on it, like, and kept issuing, issuing, like, four <laughs> clarifications to the White House press pool. Like, I didn't say that. Oh, let me add this word. Oh, let me add this sentence. Like, you're just like, what are you doing, man? You said something dumb. Like, really, Wait, I really need stupid. To, I think we really need to just read, explain exactly read what he said. Okay. He, um, at first, he said that even Hitler didn't stoop as low as using chemical weapons. Yeah. And it was part of a larger point he was making. That's fine. The press corps, somebody on the press corps, I don't, I don't know her name, she gave him the opportunity to clarify his statement because, as we all know, uh, he did use lots of gas on lots of people, millions even. Yes. Um, and in his attempts to clarify, he said that he understood that Hitler brought them to the Holocaust centers. The Holocaust and centers, And that, yes. that is a direct um, quote. He said Holocaust centers. And then um, he, his, part of his clarification was he was not using the gas on his own people in the same way yeah. that Assad is doing. It's like, yes. yeah, we know he wasn't trying to gas Germans. <laughs> he was very specifically, and again, I, this it's bad that we're laughing, like very specifically Doing very bad things, yeah. specifically to other people. Like, yeah, it's just like this such a tone deaf like administration at this point. And like it, again, I almost feel bad for Sean Spicer if he wasn't so stupid. Like, yeah, it's unreal. I mean, the this best part, the week. best part of when he does these types of things, or when anyone in Trump's administration does these types of things, is the memes that come out of it. Um, so at least we have that going for us. I feel like we're all just one. It's a meme presidency at this point. Like everything is just absurd and it's just like there's no like redeeming qualities to anyone in this administration at this point. <laughs> no, that's about right. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, Michael, that's that's been this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a I have a little thing to add on to something we talked about last week. Oh, OK. Go on. Um. So it, we talked about the the poor poor woman who who choked on a pancake or I guess a whole crap ton of pancakes. Yes, many pancakes. In the same week, and not a drop of syrup to be seen. Nope. In the same week, a man choked to death on trying to eat a half pound glazed donut in eighty seconds at a at a donut restaurant in Denver. Oh, okay. I'm tr- I'm trying to in my brain think about how big a half pound donut would be because right. normally uh, yeah. what time are we what kind of donut are we talking about light are we talking to like a crispy cream like a light and airy one or like a, a cake donut because if it's you know, like it, it say it says cream, it was glazed that's, it says it was glazed so i assume it's like a crispy cream because so i assume it was crispy cream is probably 18 miles wide yeah it's it's basically the size and shape of maybe like a um like a nissan pathfinder yeah would be my guess and that's a lot to, that's a lot to get down your gullet in 80 mm-hmm. seconds i don't mind yeah. telling you it was actually on the it same day. Air. It was on the so same he, day that that poor Caitlin Nelson choked on a pancake. So he did. He did die or did not die. He definitely died. Hundred percent. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Well, that shockingly, Michael. I don't know. <laughs> is there more you want to say about that one other than? Nope. No, I just, just wanted to point that out. Odd coincidence. Um. Mm-hmm. Well. Hmm. 
that oddly leads me into a story. Okay. Um, I'm going to read you a headline. And I, would right. just love for, I would just love for you to react to it. Guy eating photo of Jason Siegel every day almost dies eating photo of Jason Siegel. <laughs> okay. Okay, so first of all, this is the second time we've brought up Jason Siegel in as many weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm which not, is amazing I'm not, to me. I'm not unhappy about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but second of all, why was he, is he eating a photo of Jason? Is it the same photo of Jason Siegel every day or is it like a different one? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so here's a quote from the man of why he's eating photos of Jason Siegel every day. Okay. And he wants Jason Siegel to eat a picture of him in return. But here's a quote. He's a good actor. I like the Muppets. I cannot stress this enough. This is not fueled by anything. So, so he just there's he no just reason wants, behind it. Nope. He just wants to eat a photo of Jason Siegel every day until Jason uh-huh. Siegel eats a photo of him. Uh he's been doing this for fifty days now. Oh my god. Um he has eaten photos of Jason Siegel in front of a wall of dildos in a sex shop. <laughs> he's had a choir um, of damn seagulls, people just holding up photos of Jason Seagulls that he will eventually eat. Um, and uh, he's, you know, he's begun pairing them with foods like pickles and a slice of pizza. One time he, he dunked a photo into a beer and tried it. He just put it in one big ball and it got mm. lodged in his throat. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time um, he did something very interesting and apparently he just tried to um kind of ball it up with a uh like dunked into water and then balled it up with like a small bit of potato and then it got very much stuck in his throat and he nearly (laughs) dies is he okay so is he printing these photos out on like they're eight by tens or they are eight by tens i'm not sure of the uh, photo paper because photo paper does not dissolve i i I will be honest i'm pretty sure it's photo paper oh god (laughs) Oh Christ! Okay, if if he doesn't die from choking on a photo, he's definitely gonna die from having just a shit ton of photo paper in his stomach. Well, he nearly died of choking on a full potato, which he tried to <laughs> swallow in one bite along with the fo- photograph, and uh, didn't make it. Um, so he said, um, "Why? Wait, why did he? Wh- why did he try to swallow a full potato with the photo? Um, I mean, is it because potato and photo?" No, again, I think he's just—he's just trying to like you know keep people interested and keep his creative juices flowing by photo and by stopping his creative juicing his juices flowing. He is very much stopping the flow of air to his lungs. Um, (laughs) But this man named Noah Maloney of Toronto, um, who the AV Club notes his intestines are definitely riddled with paper cuts, um, is still going, uh, and it is now uh, day fifty-one on uh, on Seagull Seagull Watch. Has has Jason Siegel acknowledged uh, his existence? It does here? not. It does not seem like he has. It, I, I honestly don't even know if Jason Siegel has seen this. Uh, okay. he, he does have a pretty good um, Snapchat, or uh, not sorry. Whoa, whoa. He does have a pretty good hashtag for this campaign, though. Um, it's just hashtag Eat My Face Siegel. <laughs> Which, Michael, okay. if you if you had to make one celebrity eat your face, who would you pick? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. Uh, eat a picture of my face. Well, it'd have to be someone that I I was not like like I liked, but like I wouldn't mind if they choked to death on my face. 
Yeah, mine, right? would, mine so, like, would be Kevin James. <laughs> I was thinking like Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, maybe. fuck that guy. I, yeah. I would. I mean, I would just like to choke him, just in general. But yeah. If he choked yeah. a picture of my face, that'd be fine too. Um. So I have a question: If you were a celebrity, yeah, or I mean, if you were more of a celebrity than you already are, yeah, Kush. Um, and somebody was eating your face mm. on a picture of your face every day. Yep. And you found out about this. What would be your reaction? Like, would you? I would, be, I would feel like they were blackmailing me or something. Yeah, I'd feel a little threatened, a little yeah. intimidated, and then I would feel, yeah, I'd feel blackmailed. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. I, you don't own me just because I'm yeah. a famous content creator that you happen to love. I don't answer to you. Yeah, um, but I can eat your face just because you want me to. But you know what I would do? I would have them mm-hmm. email me a picture, mm-hmm. and then I would have a face cake made. <laughs> a la one of my favorite Scrubs episodes where everyone gets stuck in, like, quarantine and, uh, in the uh, ward on one time. And Laverne mm-hmm. has a cake with her face printed on it. Mm-hmm. And she won't let anyone eat it until they're free. I would get one of those made. And then I would eat that entire fucking cake. But I would, mm-hmm. no, you know what? I wouldn't eat their face. I would cut around it and eat the rest of the cake and leave their goddamn face just hanging out. I would say that's that's a very... That's very spiteful. Yeah. Not only would you have the face cake made, but you wouldn't even eat the face part of the no. face cake. No. I would throw their face in the garbage. And then you would – would you take a picture of the face cake with everything but the face being eaten and send it back to them and be like, now eat this, No, I, w- I would I would take a picture of that, print it, <laughs> mail it to them in like media mail so it took three weeks to get there and then tell them to eat it. Hey, Kush Squad, this is what you can look forward to. No fan... I, we've already covered this. No fan service is coming from me no ever. No service at all. <laughs> um, well, I hate to... I hate to... Actually, I don't hate it at all. No, I'm going to take that back. I love to continue this trend of just eating stuff. Okay, Michael. Um, we're, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to another story about eating. Hey, things. Michael, can I say this? We're 16 minutes in. We've covered four stories already. Yep, That's, we're 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 we're, fi- we're flying. We're it. cruising right along. Yeah, and it's just good because right. I've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, I came across this story of a man who quite possibly ate too much bacon. Unpossible. That's impossible. Except for I all the salt so and nitrates in there that yeah. could very much kill you very quickly. <laughs> so apparently he received 30 pounds of Red Robin brand bacon. As like in the, the burger yes. chain? <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, on his 30th birthday, he received 30 pounds of it because he's apparently in love with the Red Robin bacon for some reason. Um so and this sounds like a very unhealthy man to start. Yeah. It, I don't have, I don't see a picture of him. It's just pictures of bacon. I'm just going to go um, ahead and say if you eat at Red Robin enough to know that you love the Red Robin <laughs> brand of bacon more than any other form of bacon, you are a very unhealthy individual. Well, and and the thing is is like it's probably not the bacon itself. It's probably how they cook it. Red Robin. Yeah. How do they cook mm. it? Um, I, I have no idea, and he doesn't either. So he got thirty pounds of this Red Robin brand bacon from somebody um, who I assume has something to do with Red Robin because you can't just buy bulk Red Robin bacon anywhere. No, like uncooked. Um, so after he got this thirty pounds of bacon, he woke up on Saturday and decided it was his mission to figure out how to make the perfect Red Robin bacon. Okay, it- and so he kept making just. Trays and trays of bacon 
Uh, and he ended up eating about a hundred strips. Oh, sweet lord. No, Michael. <laughs> no. Yeah. A hundred strips of bacon. So I, I can say this. Um, given the diet I've been on, this like, you know, low carb, very high protein mm. and high fat diet. I know that a daily allotment of protein and fat for me is about 15 strips of bacon. Like, depending on where I'm at. <laughs> like, depending on, on, like, what kind of bacon I'm working with. It's right, like 15 right. to 20. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make me feel very, very bad. Yep. But it's also yep. exactly the nutrition I need. If you eat nothing but bacon. And that is my exact, like, all I eat is that shit. Yeah. I assume this man, again, having been to Red Robin enough to really <laughs> realize that he loves that bacon, probably not on that level of, like, structure in his diet. So he's eaten yeah. five times the amount of what I would call acceptable on a very specific <laughs> diet that calls for meat and fat. Yeah, and that's still a lot of bacon. I think I ate like eight or ten strips of bacon one time for like for breakfast just because, I, you know, I, I'm not even going to try to make an excuse for it just because I felt like it. Fuck you. <laughs> Michael, no joke. Three days ago, my lunch was... 10 strips of bacon on a yeah. on a yeah. low carb pita so we're fine. Oh, <laughs> also cheese and an egg. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean it did, it did not make me um feel that great. No, you feel very bad and very yeah. fat and very full of water. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um well, he he woke up the next day and he couldn't stand. <laughs> I'm shocked he woke up the next day. Right. He said he just hobbled around all day confused and miserable and um long story short, uh he gave himself gout. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, as someone whose family has a history of gout, like that, that's a dead ringer. Yep. Yeah. It's the king's disease, Michael. And sometimes <laughs> when you eat five times the recommended amount of protein and, uh, probably ten times the recommended amount of fat in one day. Yeah. You're gonna get gout. Well, I mean, I think he proved that there is a such thing as too much bacon. Unless you don't care about gout or dying. Right. And then you can eat as much bacon as you want. But, uh, you know, he says uh, he doesn't know where his gout line is because he, he doesn't really want to do any more studies to figure out where it is. But he says it's probably somewhere between 20 and 100 strips of bacon. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that that does seem like the dead zone um, of horrible, horrible diseases. And that's, that's kind of the thing about gout. There is no gout line until you find it. Like, you can't right. just, like, inch up to it and then, like, shy away from it. Once mm. you got it, you got it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, no. Uh, that reminds me, my uncle once told me, so my, my dad and my uncle both have gout. My uncle was once explaining to me how he got gout. And he was like, well, you know, just for about three months in a row, I would come home and I would drink a six pack of beer and eat a pint of chocolate ice cream. And then for some reason, like after, after like three months, I had gout. Huh. It's like, yeah, that, that all checks out. <laughs> so once you have gout, you just have it? Yeah, that that should don't oh. go away. Well, it, oh, I th- thought it was like something you get and then it goes away. No, again, Michael, it is the king's disease. Once huh. once you're a king, you're always a king. <laughs> yeah, I think there are things you can do to mitigate it, and diet definitely plays an important like an important role. But like once you have it, it's all like stress can trigger it. Like anything that like stops like certain bodily functions, like Man. you just build up that uric acid, you go to town. Huh. So the moral of the story is: um, try your hardest not to get gout. Okay. <laughs> I'll do what I can, but I did get this sweet pack of like four pounds of bacon. Well, you you said a critical critical word. You said four, mm-hmm. not yep. not thirty. 
That's <laughs> true. So at most, at most, I'm going to say you have 40 slices of bacon, which puts you in that dead zone. That's right. That's in the, that's, that's getting close. But kind of on the lower end of that bell curve. So roll the dice. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of impressed that he stopped at a hundred, hundred slices. You know, again, 30, 30 pounds, 30 of pounds of bacon is an obscene amount of pig to go through. All right. I got one more story that relates to eating way too much of something you shouldn't, but also relates back to a previous episode we had. So you ate an entire package of Peeps Oreos. Yes, and they are still within me. Nothing, yeah. None of that has come out somehow. I don't know. All of that pink goo is still just flowing through my veins. Exactly. Um, well, a man ate 255 marshmallow Peeps. Oh god! In five minutes, oh, that- as part of a World Peeps Eating Championship. What? What? Uh, why would you do? No, two hundred and fifty-five peeps. I don't think I can eat two and a half peeps today. Like if you gave me an hour and a half, they're they're so <laughs> gross. That's like third over thirty packages of peeps in five minutes. You said in five minutes. What about his poor tummy? It doesn't say. Um. You know, I assume he didn't die. He he did not die. Uh, he he's he's very much alive. Uh, last year he only ate two hundred, and this this year he went up to two fifty five. An amateur hour, good lord. Yeah. Well, so well, okay, Michael, we're now twenty three minutes in, and we have talked about <laughs> literally nothing. Do you want to get into something cool? All right, let's do it. Okay, um, Michael, what if I talked to you about? What's on Weebo? It's not actually what's on Weebo. I cheated a little bit. This is from the Atlantic, but this was sent in by our Shanghai cub reporter, Jen. Name redacted so the Chinese government doesn't get her. <laughs> She's embedded deep within She's Weibo territory. Deep within so it Weibo territory. So it counts. Definitely counts. Michael. Yes. So are you familiar with the like the fact that in China Certain towns, you know, they have a very manufacturing-oriented economy at the moment. Like, you know, mm-hmm. send a lot of our shit over there to get built, bring it back. So yep. a lot of many, many Chinese cities kind of orient themselves around making or creating one certain thing. So, like, yep. Datang makes most of the world's hosiery. Uh, it's known as hosiery, Sock City. Say. A lot of, so one city makes just umbrellas. One makes just zippers. YYK, right? Or YYZ? Exactly, yeah. So... Many cities in China just become, like, oriented on, like, one cottage industry. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say two words. <laughs> Murder village. <laughs> uh, I don't think you can manufacture Murder, murder? village! Um, yeah, you can't, I guess it's, you know, you can't really manufacture it. But, um, so. Unless you were manufacturing... Uh, like crows, replica crows, because you can have a murder, murder of, crows. of crows. Now we're talking. Ah, so you're just, now we're in. You're just breeding crows for the next Game of Thrones season. Cause they exactly. Because they got to send all those messages. Uh, no, mm-hmm. this was a literal murder ring. Okay. That was making a killing off of killing. <laughs> Michael, they made a killing off of hey. killing. Yeah, anyway. So, as the Atlantic reports, uh, the village of... She soon, uh, was recently 40 villagers were indicted for arranging 17 murders and at least 35 more deaths are currently under investigation because, 
Uh, it's a mining town. And uh-huh. uh, they started, like, people in the village started killing migrant miners, staging each of the deaths as a mining accident. And then they would pose as grieving family members. And then corrupt mine bosses would, in turn, pay these imposter families hush money rather than risking an investigation into, like, the terrible, terrible, like, working conditions of the mine, which I assume means they didn't even have a single canary with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so every death netted as much as $120,000 in a city and a, a country where the average rural family's income is a $1,800. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they found this out because, like, people were just building, like, nice concrete houses, like, in just, like, a mud brick village. Uh Unreal. See, they got greedy. Yeah. They got greedy. They got greedy the and then they got got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't go flaunting your uh, your murder money around. Yeah. You just got to live on it quietly. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Do you think that one of them w- was like the beneficiary of like a real hush money payment to start out with? And that's how they got this idea? It must idea? have started somewhere. Like someone must have died by accident and then they got paid. And then they probably told somebody about it and then like. I would say some mafia, like, I don't know, whatever the Chinese version of the Yakuza, which is Japanese, they probably horned in and were like, hey, it's time. We're going to start killing folk. Is it is it horned in or honed in? Because I always said honed in. Well, that's two different things. If you're, you can hone in on a target, but you can right. horn in on some action. And can you ho- horn in on some action? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, Michael, please. What's your job? <laughs> What's your job? Uh, not, not words. Yeah, yeah. Stop horning in on my word action. <laughs> All right, so, uh... So the definition of, of horn in is to participate without invitation or consent. Back the fuck All off. Right. All right, well, I'm just saying, because you didn't know what squar in the testicles was, and, uh... Yeah, that's because that's a made-up thing. Vindication. Have I, Michael, my- have I ever told you about, um... Me and my coworkers from uh, my first job, we uh, tried to insert a phrase into uh, the common lexicon, just like common usage. No. Oh, good. Well, now that I have a platform with at least 100 listeners, hello, <laughs> um, it's now time to spread the word. Um, All right. Michael, have you ever heard the phrase tuna restless? Tuna restless? Yes. Like restless like a tuna fish? Just like restless like a tuna. That's the alternate version of the phrase. You're either tuna, tuna, tuna restless, restless? Tuna restless or all restless like a tuna. <laughs> but what are tuna restless fish oh, Michael, by, let na- me, by their nature? Let me tell you about it. So tuna are the only fish that can't be raised in captivity oh. because uh, they need to have water constantly flowing over their gills. And unlike sharks which can be kept in a tank with water flowing past their gills, uh, mm-hmm. tuna have to be swimming with enough room to, like, not grow lethargic. So Really? They have to be. And again, I will say, I got this all secondhand from my boss, Ted. So he could also, also be bullshitting me, but I'm pretty sure it's all true. But, so we, since tuna have to always be moving, can't stop moving, or they will literally die, if someone's just, like, you know, at their desk just fidgeting and just, like, they can't stop moving or they're just full of energy, they're all tuna restless. They're all restless I, like a tuna. I like that. No. I like it a lot, actually. I've liked it for going on 10 years now. And yeah. I've, I finally have a platform to spread the word. Um, like, cause I'm definitely going to use that. At the time, in the office, we tried to like concoct this really, really dumb horseshit story that another coworker had a dad who was like in commercial <laughs> fishing. And like, 
I heard Josh say something about tuna wrestlers. Look, his, his dad just p- pulled it off the the docks. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't take off. Um, and I've been trying pretty much nonstop for ten years now to make it happen. So, uh, that's my story. Right. Yeah, spread it. Spread it around to your friends. Yeah, and uh, coworkers. Yeah, if, tuna wrestlers. If someone just can't stop fidgeting, if they just just can't stop moving around, they're just all restless like a tuna. tuna Either wrestlers. that or they're on crack. Either way, the impo- the very important part about spreading this this phrase though is if you say it, and someone is like, "Did you say tuna restless?" You have to immediately be like, "Yeah, have you ever heard that phrase?" Obviously, like you have to really be adamant that mm-hmm. they are the dumb one and not you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of tuna, oh, is there another? No, is there another fish or or food that is like? Goes from, like, the lowest end of the food spectrum, as in, like, tuna in a can, which is, like, the cheapest shit you could get, to, like, a tuna steak, which will cost you, like, $40 at a... I do... I mean, that's a good one. Like, you know, tuna is, like, a pretty... I mean, that's a decent... You get a you get ahi tuna at it somewhere, and that is a fucking great fish. But then if someone is like, hey, you want some tuna? And you're like, yeah. And it's like, they pull out a can and some fucking mayonnaise. You're like, well, I don't know about all that. Yeah, anymore. I gotta be honest. Like, I... I uh, never wanted to eat tuna growing up because my dad used to make it, and he puts about a half jar of mayo <laughs> in with every can of tuna. <laughs> and it was, like, I... I it was... It was too much. It was just too much mayo. Mm, yeah. Um, and I honestly hated mayo until about three years ago. Um, did you try, have you ever tried tuna fish with Miracle Whip though? What'd you say? Miracle Whip? Whip? Uh, I have. It's also just garbage <laughs> condiment from a garbage place. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I think to Michael, to your point, tuna is probably the most like wide ranging. You could probably make a case for beef also because you can get ground beef at like a dollar ninety nine a pound, and then Kobe beef for like yeah, but it has a different name, right? Yeah, but like if I just say if I just say still, oh, do you want tuna? It's still cow. Like no one, but no one says like, hey, do you want beef for dinner? No, they'll say like, do you want steak? Do you want a burger? Michael, do you want a meatloaf? Are you kidding me? Beef is literally what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah, but beef doesn't come in a can unless it's like beefaroni. Yeah, well, th- like you don't just buy a can of beef and mix it up with some. Some mu- mustard and call that a mustard and mayonnaise and call that a meal. Yeah, like somebody people will actually just pop open a can, just mix that shit up and put it on on bread, and then they call it like this is my sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I can't. There's no, there's no like lower form of convenience than tuna fish, <laughs> and then like high end tuna from like oh, right? I, just, I just caught this fish and sliced its face off. Oh, I just got this ahi tuna. It's thirty seven dollars a pound. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. That that's tuna's probably the the pinnacle. I'm not sophisticated enough to know anything more than that. So in terms of fish, <laughs> maybe right. shark. No, I can't get shark on public shelves. So who knows? Exactly. I can't think of anything else I can just buy in a can on a shelf that would also be a high end food. It would be like if you if you if like spam costs forty dollars a pound for some reason at at, at like a high end restaurant. Yeah, Michael, do you ever eat spam? I have had spam before, uh, back in the day. Yeah. In like high school or whatever. I think at youth group, we bought some spam as like a joke. Um, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, Hawaiians love that shit. Yeah. So, this was one of those things. Um, I, uh, I forget which comedian it was where, um, 
they have this joke like I didn't know I was poor, but then like looking back, I realized some things. It's like there were a couple like lean years in the Cushing household. Like looking back, where mm. like we had spam more than was like just like okay to fool around with. <laughs> like, Interesting. Like it's like, and I didn't realize it until like a couple years ago when someone said just like, oh yeah, spam's poor people food. It's like. I ate a pretty good amount of spam and I kind of liked it growing up. <laughs> and I don't know how much of it was just because like my mom was tired of having four kids and just like, no, you guys are getting fucking spam. I'm not making like good food. <laughs> like you're just I think get- spam gets a bad name. Like it's no, it's really not that different from if you get like just normal like deli ham. Yeah. I will say at a grocery store to me, the king of breakfast meats is Taylor ham, which is like a New Jersey like special treat. And if you haven't had it, do yourself a real favor and get it. It's Taylor ham. Hmm? Taylor ham. It's fucking delicious. But spam is like pretty close to it. It's it's not obviously worse ingredients, but uh it's oh, pretty... it's it's a uh, also called a Taylor pork roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the king of breakfast meats and anyone who says differently, I will fight you. I will drive to your city and fight you. I will not fly over bacon. United. Over bacon. Uh yes, it's it's far superior to bacon. Oh my. Partic- <laughs> per- so- particularly if you're making a sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's a treat. A little either everything bagel or like a croissant with Taylor ham, American cheese, and a fried egg on it. That's that's a Michael Cushing special, everybody. Take it to the bank. All right. All right. Yeah. This is this has been the uh, the cooking segment of uh the food network segment of of trends in low places. Yeah, food in low places. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, what's the worst way you've ever been dumped? Uh in college, I was dating this girl, and she was actually a, a part of our friend group, mm-hmm. and she just stopped talking to me. Yeah. Which was weird, because, like I said, she was in our friend group, yep. so, like, I hung out with our other friends, and she was there, and she just didn't acknowledge my existence, really. <laughs> so, bummer. <laughs> uh, yeah, bummer summer. <laughs> That's a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay well here's a corollary question michael have you ever made a playlist for a girl that you really liked Ooh, a playlist um i believe or, I believe or a mixtape like a, a yeah, mix I've, I've made a mix cd i think before yeah for we, sure we've done yeah. that yeah we're, yeah we're we're kids of the the aughts we've we've all mm-hmm. done that um yeah so michael yeah i'm in a similar boat with you on, on the breakups how would you feel if someone Made you a playlist to break up with you. Ooh. Now that's a new one. Mm-hmm. Like, would they have told you, would, would they tell you that it's a breakup playlist or would you just start listening to it and it would, you would slowly come to the realization that every song was about like, I don't want to be with you anymore. No. So this one took a little less rigor than that because like that takes a lot of work to like make, <laughs> make like the message of each song uh-huh. tell you. Hey, this is not working out so well. <laughs> um, but so this is this is a story about a Mashable. So, uh, nineteen-year-old uh, woman. Because named- I imagine just like maybe just song after song would be just that song is like stupid ass bitch. I ain't fucking with you. Yeah, and it would just be that song just on repeat. So it was a Spotify playlist in which the the titles of all the songs in the playlist read out. Do you still want to kiss me? Because I am kind of loving someone else, but we can still be friends. Oh wow! Yeah. So it was a word. It was a wordplay. Yeah, and playlist. like if you just like if I just got that playlist, I'll be very honest with you. Like a lot of it's just like good songs, 
<laughs> and clearly like, there's one like like Kiss Me by Ed Sheeran is on the playlist. So there's there's some mixed messages in mm-hmm. in this in this playlist. Um, You'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, nice playlist here, and then you're like, wait a second, oh, wait a minute, real, I beefed it. No, this is yeah. this is bad news bears. So it's like that's almost worse. Yeah. Because you have to like read the title. Like I don't know the titles for a lot of songs. I would just be listening. I wouldn't be really paying attention to titles. Especially, I mean, especially like they're they're bad songs. <laughs> like <laughs> like I'm just looking at it. they're just bad songs. I wouldn't like I wouldn't even listen. So, I mean, like honestly, if someone sent me this to break me break up with me, it'd be like three weeks before I really got the message. <laughs> you would just be like, this person has terrible taste in music. Like, Maybe I should break up with them. It's like we're going from Ed Sheeran to Evan Rachel Wood to something named <laughs> Trey Songs with a Z. What are we doing? Oh, Trey Songs is great. I don't know who I am. Uh, I will say, though, uh, the gentleman's response to her playlist was a one song playlist with uh, a song called CeeLo Green Fuck You? No, it was uh, uh, STFU by Manchester, uh, <laughs> which is pretty good. I do, I do like the idea of delivering any bad news through a playlist of some sort. Like you go to your doctor and he has like some bad news for you and he just hands you, he just like sends a Spotify playlist to your phone instead of telling you anything. (laughs) Smells like teen spirit and cancer. He or she. Right. Because it could be a female doctor. Yeah. Very well. Could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any news that I'd rather receive via via musical playlist <laughs> i like i can't just imagine anything other than like because it seems like a very impersonal way to tell someone you don't feel like bad news would be better taken through a musical playlist no no like I'm, I, well, I'm now i'm trying to think though like i'm trying to build it in my head and an audio medium like this podcast is not the best way for me to build a 15 song playlist to tell you <laughs> hey michael your uh your dog ran away from home and now but he's living with another family and they they very much love him i don't really know the songs that would tell you that message right but i mean like if if you did come up with that playlist i would i would just be I would be upset that the dog ran away and was living with a different family, but I would also appreciate the amount of time and effort that, that it, you put in to... So, okay, so you'd rather that me, one of your friends, mm-hmm. took yep. me, conservatively seven hours <laughs> to put together a playlist <laughs> with, like, the titles or just, like, the, the theme no, of the I, song. No, I, I, I don't like the title idea because yeah. I don't listen to the title. I want the theme... I want the theme to slowly get me to the point that, like, not only did my dog run away, but he is now living with a new family and, and he's, he is happier he's than he very was happy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he grew he grew the tooth back that you had to have removed. It's all like he's want, just a better dog. I just want I want the playlist to tell me the story. Okay, I I could definitely do that. Yeah, again, it would take a while for me to get there, and again, it would not be a good playlist. <laughs> No, but but it would, you know, I I feel like you, it would take away some of the sting. Is all I'm saying. Okay, knowing that I cared enough to put together an 18 yeah. hour playlist for it's like you. Like my dog hates me, and he's living with a new family. But my friend, he loves me enough to put together this playlist. <laughs> I struggle to know what world <laughs> I would know about your dog leaving 18 hours before you did. That I would have enough time to put together a playlist to like like just make you feel better as a human about it. And Michael, I gotta be very honest with you. This is hands down, like no holds barred, the dumbest episode we've ever recorded, and we're only two thirds through. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't 
necessarily disagree, but I'm not sure I agree either. We've still got 20 minutes We've left. done some really <laughs> dumb episodes. <laughs> All right, Kush. I have, I have some good stories for you. Oh, good. I f- yes, lay them on me. Well, the problem is I have three of them that, like, I can't figure out which one is the best. Okay. Lay them on me. Whew. All right. So we can either go with a uh, a story that might that that concerns some people over its uh, blasphemy, yeah, or possible blasphemy. Yes. Um, we can talk about um, more about pigs and and the concerns that they that they cause for. We've people. already talked a lot about pigs in this episode. Or I can tell you a little bit about the Canadian federal government's. Uh, you know, maybe they're little, they're, they're film archives and some surprises in there. Fuck, you know I want to hear about that Justin Trudeau Zapruder film laid on me. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it doesn't have anything to do with Justin Trudeau, but Damn it. apparently the Canadian federal government owns a very massive porn stash. How extensive. And not like, not like a mustache. Like the Canadian government does not have a, a like mustache. A, a that like a 70s porn More of a cash. More of a yeah. cash. Okay. A porn cash. Okay. I guess. Like, okay, um, so they have a strategic strategic maple reserve <laughs> exactly. and a strategic porn preserve. Porn reserve. Reserve. Yeah. Well, because their their mandate in the in the archives is to preserve the documentary heritage of Canada. Documentary. Um, yeah. Okay. So so pretty much any porn that has anything to do with Canada or Canadians has been preserved. For uh, years. So anything that gets made in Toronto or just like has like a maple leaf flying in the background, like it's basically the Library of Congress for Canadian porn. Yep. Yep. So like Library and Archives Canada. So like Um, it's I don't know if there's a Canadian version of NPR, but when they do when they do StoryCorps, they're like, hey, (laughs) when did you last? I can't even finish the thought. <laughs> what was your last sex tape? Do you want to share it with the Library of Canadian Congress? Yeah, bring it exactly. Out. Yes. Uh, it didn't even include some some Playboy magazines that had some Canadian content in them. Sure. So they're just they're just grabbing anything. So they got like these these detective stories about that are sexual in nature. Um, <laughs> they- <laughs> <laughs> there's a thesis there's a thesis on erotic weight gain sure sure mm-hmm. I, I want uh, Michael, that has I, a has a category that has a, a, a t- in the table of contents uh l- locating aesthetics sexing the fat woman god okay. and then big handsome men bears and others virtual constructions of fat fat male embodiment you know what? what uh, one, I'm glad they're keeping a a running document of like how to make love to everyone in your in your zone. That's fine, but like mm-hmm. uh, none of this like it makes it. I can't escape this like preconceived notion of just how cute Canada is. Like just in general, they're just like, <laughs> oh, someone's talking about us in a sexy way. We better keep that on the books. Mm-hmm. Like someone, please yep. take a note. <laughs> like they're having sex up here too. Yeah, <laughs> let everybody know. Yeah. There is a there is a comic called The Snatcher. Oh no, I don't want to know what that's about. It's a I don't know if you've ever seen have you ever heard of Just for Laughs, the Just for Laughs Music Festival? Maybe. I don't know. It's a it's a thing they have in, in Canada. I think they've had a couple um I think uh they have one in Chicago. They're they're all around. But okay. there's a there's this little character, this little dude who is like the 
I guess the logo, the mascot for the Just for Laughs. Um, well, he kind of originated from this comic called The Snatcher in 1977, which is this dude. He walks up to a um, a, a woman's pubic hair and he and he rips off some of it and puts it on as a mustache, and that's the entire comic. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> Oh, Michael, no, God, no, Michael, no. Wait, wait, there's a poster, there's a poster for a movie that was called Sexcula. Oh, God. Uh, It was a film. Michael, no, I don't want to, I don't (laughs) even. And the the movie poster says, she'll suck more than your blood. Oh, no, I don't even, I mean, that's a great, that's a great porn tagline, that's really good, but. I like Canada's supposed to be better than we are. They're supposed to be more enlightened and just sweeter and more progressive and just better. Well, I mean, this is pretty enlightened. A lot of this stuff is from like the forties and stuff, and it's okay. Know, I mean, okay, it's when is classy? When is that sexual tagline from? Uh, well, the movie it almost got lost to history, but oh, um. God. Archives Canada acquired the film in 1984. Okay. But I don't... Oh, 1973. That's a pretty... Okay, that's a pretty progressive... I mean, I, I feel like right. that... I feel like the 1970s were just when porn was getting pretty buck wild all, again, you know, worldwide. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that Canada was, like, forward thinking about it, but also pretty weird about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they knew where their bread was buttered with it. I feel like, you know how there's like the rule 37 of the internet where it's like, if you can think of it, somebody's made a porn out of it. Yeah, if you can think of it, Can like rule 38 is if you can think of it, Canada's already done it. Right, Canada's already made a, a weird <laughs> it's kind our, of... It's kind already of in the Canada's <laughs> library of weird porn shit. <laughs> Uh, all right, that was that was a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> well, damn it. Um, yeah, I got I got Michael. I got nothing else. What do we got for the rest of the week? <laughs> We're okay. I know you have a lot to lay on me, so please hit me with it. I don't know. I don't know of a good segue to this, so I'm just gonna go into it. Um, how much? How much would you pay to be um quote unquote uh, crucified as part of a um passion play? <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry. sorry. How much would I pay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much would you pay? Uh, how much would you donate? I guess is the is the proper term. How much would you donate to this this? Um, so you're asking me passion play. So it's gonna be like, hey, Mike, Mister mm-hmm. Cushing, mm-hmm. you just you just sat through a screen of Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> you soaked in every grisly, gruesome detail. Mm-hmm. Yep. How much would you pay to be Jim Caviezel? <laughs> Is that what you're asking well, me right now? You know, you don't have, you're not going to get beat, you know, or anything. You're just, you just get the, you get to go up to the cross, you know, and you have my to, shoulders delocate, dislocated. You, yeah, you get to put your, you get to put your arms up there in the in the cross and, and get a nice little picture taken. Well, oh. <laughs> okay, so to have my picture taken, uh-huh, yeah, while being fake crucified, yep, like not okay, not to mm-hmm. experience. No, you're not. You're not actually experiencing the 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 horrors of the crucif the crucifixion. You're basically just um. So it's a it's, you know, you're cosplaying. It's a I guess. shitty you're theme cosplaying park ride. Jesus. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, it's kind of like how it's kind of like how you go and you sit on the Easter Bunny's lap or Santa's lap and you get your picture taken. I'm well, gonna to- I'm gonna rip my goddamn eyes out. Okay. Uh, before I answer, I need you to tell me mm-hmm. who's offering this experience and why. 
So in Manchester, um, they have Manchester, this, uh, UK. England. Okay, yeah. Yes, uh, they have this passion play every year, um, and they were running a little low on funds, so they were trying to come up with some, you know, fundraising ideas, like some crowdfunding stuff. Um, and somebody brought up the idea to to get the eight the the final eight thousand pounds that they needed for this for this uh, passion play would offer the full crucifixion experience. And so they would hoist they would hoist members of the public onto a cross uh, for a donation. For how long? Uh, it doesn't say how long, but I assume long enough to you know snap a snap a quick picture. Um, say you know why hath thou forsaken me? Um, and then you know. Go about your business. Have someone shove a spear in your ribs and then right, you maybe. Know, slowly, very mm-hmm. slowly die. Um, yeah. Michael, I'm I'm a questioning Christian. I'll say that much. <laughs> I have been for a very long time. Um, one of the things about the the you know the whole crucifixion of Christ that really counts is how bad it hurts. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I, I can't remember because I, I, I honestly actually forget everything we talk about after every episode ends. I just don't even know. Did we yep, talk gone. about the, did we talk about going to the Holy Land experience? I think we did in yeah. Orlando. Yeah. Um, that was a mockery of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. I saw yep. that even as a, a, a young lad who was forced to endure it. Um, I gotta be honest, paying a collectively a group paying 8,000 pounds to Get their picture snapped, a la riding down Splash Mountain, um, <laughs> on the cross upon which Christ symbolically died. Yeah, doesn't seem like the best fit, especially if the like the whole point of that uh, to me. If I was to, if if I wanted to pay money mm-hmm. for it, if I was like a devout Christian, I would probably pay money if I had to, or if I wanted to, to be left on the cross for like two to three hours to like. <laughs> If I like, if if it meant actually, so like we talked about SpaceX. If I was going to uh-huh. pay money to experience like space travel, uh-huh. I would do that because I want to be zero G. I want to like, I really want to get it. If I wanted to legitimately experience my faith and like what it took for Jesus to die for my sins, I would. You know what? I would be like, wrote me up. I want to sit on this bad boy for a couple hours because he was on there for at least thirty, and that was a. A light day, because he got that spear in the old ribs. Um, I'd be like, hey, I want to feel this in the modern day, which, by the way, is torture. So I don't know where, where the gray line is for, do I pay for this? Mm-hmm. This is a, a ah, I'm dying. I, I want to so say here's the, so many Here's the most important question, though. Yes. Um, how, much, how much money do I think they raised? No. 15,000 pounds. Do you smile for the picture? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I was drinking when you asked me that. <laughs> oh wow I, you know what i kind of think you have to right because if you don't smile for the picture because i assume because f- you're up there for 33 seconds they're not letting you feel it <laughs> so you can't just feign pain because that that makes you an asshole if you smile it makes you an asshole if he makes no face it's like oh josh is having fun up there what's his problem mm. <clears throat> so no i don't smile i just I just kind of close my eyes and just like weep <laughs> silently for the, the for the state of humanity. Well, you, you'll be happy to know that the uh, the plan was eventually squashed by the Church of England because they said that it was quote unquote blasphemous. Uh, yeah, maybe just a tad. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> so, um, you know, the guy who the guy who came up with this idea, you know, he's like, oh, we were just chucking around ideas and it came up and I I liked the idea. I couldn't. We were just tossing. We we're kicking the old bean around chicken, and I just, couldn't help but think, what if we put Rosemary on a goddamn cross yeah, and just let her hang there for a bit? See if she really liked it. Yeah, what if we took the, you know, one of the worst experiences of, uh, of our, our, uh, Lord and Savior's life and we let people experience it for, you know, a minute. Just like, see what it was like. But like, not really. Right. But like, not experience it at all, but like, kind of experience it. Oh, God. I mean, this is one of my things with, uh, I'm not, I can't even get into it. I'm all, I'm too tuna wrestle to even talk about this, Michael. He um, said, he said, I think you, I think you have to think of constructive ideas and you can either play it safe and be square and not raise money, or you can be constructive and try to be imaginative. If you have to sail close to the wind, then so be it. Other people looked at it and some people play safe and then the end it was taken down. <laughs> <laughs> He said, We're going to play it safe by stringing literal human beings up on a cross. Most important is the question over it being sacrilegious. That's a gray line. Sometimes crazy ideas work. Sometimes they don't. (laughs) So, on on one hand, I very much do admire this guy's attitude towards, like, innovative thinking. Because, like, in the startup and corporate world, yeah, you got to take risks. Sometimes they pay off. Sometimes they don't. You got to throw, you got to throw money at it. But you don't want to you don't want to throw good money after bad money. Exactly. And I feel like this man is very much throwing like the best money after very, very bad money. Like, hey, crucifixion, pretty dark chapter in this like in this yeah. species history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Killed your Lord and Savior. Maybe don't string people up to mm-hmm. see how they feel about Jesus. Yeah. I mean it says here that the other ideas were to um uh, bake sale. Light people on fire so they get to experience being the burning bush. I would um, I would have gone with uh, Shagger and Meekshack and Abednego. <laughs> there's a there's a, a almost almost killing your son by stabbing him in the chest until God hopefully tells you to stop. Yeah, um, and if he doesn't though, you just have to go on and you kill have him. To kill so that's him. a weird thing. Um, these are all ideas that were you know on the cutting room floor. The, so. Well, those those were two Old Testament options. I would have personally gone for hey, get on this donkey. <laughs> just kind of ride it around. And then at an unknown time to you, we're going to shoot super powerful laser beams into your eyes and you will be blind for 36 hours or until you pray hard enough to get God to fix you. Uh, or ooh, you can also, you can Michael, also wait, die. Wait, Michael, let's tie it back. Let's tie it back to uh, a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. You're going to, someone's going to knock you the fuck out mm-hmm. you're gonna, and you're going to wake up. You're not going to know what's going on. You're going to have a virtual reality headset on, but you're not going to know because oh. your hands are going to be tied. And people are going to show you some pretty fucking gnarly visions of revelations. You're just going to get, you're going to get the full John the Baptist experience. Just like, (laughs) oh God, look at that. Oh, the beast coming out of the water and there's a lady on his back. Oh, seven seal, seven trumpets. That's, that's something I can get into. If you really want, like, just really destroy the faith of someone through virtual reality. Now I'm into it. There's. Most there's because I want to decided lack of uh there's a decided lack of uh Bible virtual reality games, I think. TM, TM, this is a trend in little places we're we're cornering the market on. Because back in the day, like for Nintendo, you could get a whole shitload load of uh of I Bible had, games. I had many Bible themed SNES games for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh Michael, okay, if you had to make a Bible themed 
virtual reality game, what would it be? For, I have, I have two options right now that I can, three options. I'm so, oh man, I'm so into this. Are we going, are we going like. We're going Old Testament as fuck. No, I was gonna say, are we, are we, tar- who are we targeting? Cause if we're targeting like, like little kids, maybe, maybe you have a little, uh, Jesus floating down the river in a, in a wicker basket. Okay. So you, this is the second time you've said that. And I do very, very much need to like fix your shit. <laughs> Mo- Moses floated down the wicker basket on the Nile. Jesus, Jesus rode on a, a donkey or a camel with Mary and Joseph. They fled to Egypt. <laughs> They fled the Egypt. About all that. Nope. Moses' mother put him in a whisker wicker basket and he was picked up by an Egyptian princess. That's very crucial. Michael, mm. you must you must trust mm. me on this one. <laughs> I, I meant to fix you on it the first time and I didn't have the time, but Jesus Jesus and his parents did very much flee to Egypt, according to the Bible, mm-hmm. but they did it on like on ponies. Or, or or camels, or maybe a wagon. I don't know what sort of locomotive technology Look, existed you, back then. You believe your Bible, and I will believe mine. Michael, the wicker basket is very clear. That was Moses. That is <laughs> that's one hundred percent. Which version are we, are we talking about? The King James version, or the one that I made up in my head? The Torah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like the legit one. Ooh, you know what would be a great one is, uh, fucking, um, when John the Baptist parted the Red Sea. It'd be a good one. Okay, I, I have to stop you here. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, we're gonna offend too many people. No. All right, no, but for serious, like, Moses parting the Red Sea would be fucking great. That would be right? pretty rad. Uh, there's probably a lot of- But li- not being Moses or any one of his followers, being the people who like, died. Oh, the Egyptian, like, oh, that's <laughs> oh, pretty cool. Um, yeah. Also pretty cool. Uh, a lot from judges. Like, if you got to just be Deborah, just pounding spikes into like, people, just wrecking fools, that's mm. pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Bringing down the walls of Jericho would probably look pretty rad. Yeah. Um, Red Sea, yeah, for show. Mm-hmm. That sounds right? great. Mostly, but I've also seen the Ten Commandments by Nelson B. DeMille, and that's pretty rad. Um, Revelations, lot to work with. Well, yeah, I lot mean, that's to work just, with. I feel like that's just like a Resident Evil game. Actually, oh, Michael, you know what? So I've only the most I've really done with virtual reality is just like Google Glass, where you put your smartphone in, and you can uh, kind of like look around one scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Last Supper <laughs> would be pretty, pretty rad. Oh, I'd be sick. <laughs> That would be really boring, actually. No, like if if you got someone to do, like redo the like the painting, yeah, from like different like everyone's like like different perspectives. That'd be pretty rad. Like that would be pretty mm. cool. Yeah, or not? Fuck you! I don't care. Eat shit. <laughs> It'd be very similar to uh, you know, like the the twenty four one. Yeah, but with less bullets, I guess. <laughs> more kissing. No, I though. mean, and I mean, in more, the fact more, that like more somebody, kissing. there's more kissing. I mean, like the the fact that like somebody wrote it and it's completely based on not real stuff. Well, that'll do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> I was more going to like that time when the RPG threw, like, just flew right through the dinner, and she just was like, "Not today, no, not today." <laughs> I will stop that RPG. All right, Michael. So uh, since the idea of Jesus dodging an RPG f- like shot from a uh, Iraqi insurgent really tickles me pink, I think that's going to do it for us here on Trends in Low Places. <laughs> um, buddy, yeah, this has been a good one. Uh, I, how can people find us on uh, social medias and whatnot? Uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at TILPcast. 
Um, and you can find us on Facebook, uh, also at TILPcast, or searching Trends in Low Places, or finding uh, me or uh, Mike on Facebook, and then just watching our posts, because that's pretty much all we post about is, is this show and, and Longest Days of Our Lives, which is our other show uh, about 24 that we watch with our friend, our good friend Curtis Perry, who has never seen it. Um, we're a little behind on that show just for all the, the travel and, and stuff that, that I've been doing and, um, you know, life stuff getting in the way, but, but we're getting there. Um, you can also find us on um podbean itunes stitcher whatever your favorite podcast app is um you know like us share us um do all those things that let other people know that that we're out there um and uh i thank you in advance yeah so we should have a new episode of uh our our 24 fan cast trends and low places going up uh hopefully later this week like michael mentioned it has been just kind of a crazy time but uh we should be moving forward and get back on a regular schedule pretty soon but uh yeah like michael said just uh go ahead and give us a rating and like us on uh any sort of podcast app that you follow especially itunes it's really important um and uh also, we've had a couple of people started sending in uh, story ideas, which we absolutely love. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one that I couldn't get to this week, but I, I do want to talk about a just, Michael, just a gigantic goddamn dog. <laughs> I want to talk to you about it. Sent in by our friend Lauren. So that's going to come up. Just let what that. What happens if a giant dog fights a giant chicken? The dog, the dog wins. The dog just wins, Michael, because it's a dog. Oh wait, that oh that reminds me. Oh, we got a lot to talk about next week. Oh, chickens with all sorts of faces going on. Anyway, everyone, please uh, join us next week for more trends in low places. Give us a follow. Please share this this episode or uh, our Facebook post with your friends. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you next week, Michael. I love you. I love you too, buddy. Toodles.